Now, it's time for... For Pete's sake. Eh, for Pete's sake. Are you a person who leaves food out on the counter and then you eat it hours later? Yeah, sometimes. Aren't all people those people? What about butter? Do you leave butter out of the refrigerator? Yes, because otherwise it's rock hard and it breaks your bread and you get a hole in your bread where the butter should be. I like soft butter, but my mother always taught me to keep it in the fridge. My wife grew up in Wisconsin. She keeps butter on the counter. So who's right here? So do you leave it out 24-7? Yeah, I have a little butter dish with a lid. Listen, a stick of butter doesn't last like months. It's like three weeks or two weeks. It's gone. (laughs) I didn't know this. It's not uncommon for people to leave their butter out 24-7 and live to tell about it. Ask around. You're going to find plenty of people that do it, especially the older folk who keep a stick of butter out of their fridge all day, all week, 24-7. Yum, 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 yum. Is that a food danger? I think... After a certain point in time, yes. The danger of bacterial growth in your stick of butter is minimal. Yes! The main reason Yeah, baby! The main reason we keep foods in the fridge is the slow bacterial growth and the growth of other microbes like fungus, but bacteria can't thrive in a stick of butter. There just isn't enough water available for them to grow since butter is mostly made of Fat. Fat. Delicious, delicious fat. Yeah. But you may notice something when the butter touches the air, it gets to be a darker color. Do you notice that? Uh, Yeah, but it usually doesn't happen when you have the butter dish unless you leave the lid off. That's from the fats oxidizing. Another phrase they call going rancid. And you're thinking going rancid. Oh, and then you have to throw it in the garbage. No. Going rancid isn't bad for you. A lot of our foods changing color and flavor over time as the fats oxidize like nuts. You leave nuts out for days and days and days. They kind of get a little darker, but Mm -hmm. it's not bad for you. Same with butter. So if you're leaving your butter out 24-7, you're okay. (laughs) And you can not make holes in your bread. Congratulations. We talk lawns on this show because I love my lawn. We cut, we edge, we use a blower every week. I enjoy this. Well, some people are trying to take away my joy. (gasps) Like me. The do-gooders are at it again, folks. Listen to this. The No Mow May movement is going on now and encouraging homeowners to let their lawns get a little wild in May to help pollinators such as bees and butterflies in the spring. I'm into this. Oh, come you know I'm on. into this. Oh, please. Really? If we do not have bees, we die. Do you understand that? They pollinate all of our food. If we do not have bees, we die. No Mo May appears to be more popular this year. The concept began in the UK and then it traveled all the way to Appleton, Wisconsin, credited as being the first US city to follow suit in 2020. So Go Wisconsin. Shout out to Appleton. Horticulturist Zoline Quindoy tells Green Matters magazine. <laughs> You're a, you subscribe to Green Matters, right? 
Every I read it every morning with my coffee. The more we can leave them be in the spring when flowering plants like clover and dandelions bloom, the better we can provide early food sources for important pollinators like the bees. And listen, in the Midwest, it's 40 degrees and raining a lot of May. Do you really need to mow your lawn right now? Yes. Yes, I do. Oh, it gets gosh. a little out of hand. Then you got to edge and then you stare at it through the front window and maybe Listen, open a beer and look at your work. Your five foot by six foot lawn is not the pollinator hot spot. But if someone has a more substantial yard, you know, they might want to think twice. People are listening right now. The visual for my front yard is the size of your master bath, but I'm obsessed with it. Like the cut, edge, blow the grass, and then open a beer and stare at it through the front window. Every time you say that sentence, my like blood pressure rises. I love the it. thought of doing any of that makes me so I agitated. I love it so much. It gets me so excited. <laughs> it's my happy place. And do you fish, Lisa? Um, I have, but not regularly, no. Maybe you should take it up as a hobby to improve your mood. Are you trying to tell me something? A new study finds women who fish are happier and healthier than those who don't fish. Okay. According to the study by the nonprofit Recreational Boating and Fishing Foundation. Oh, well, they don't have any <laughs> benefits from this study at all. I bet Charlie McMurray is, belongs to this nonprofit. Women who fish say it improves their mood brings them peace, and helps them manage their mental health and long-term stress. Women who fish have greater perseverance and are more likely to say that setbacks do not discourage them. Okay, I see that. Almost yeah, half of women who fish say that fishing teaches them patience and helps to develop their confidence. Okay. And women who fish have higher self-esteem and a clear mind. Do they also have more dating profiles of women holding a fish? <laughs> you and I need to head over to Bass Pro Shops and get you a rod and reel so you can clear your mind. I am only fishing if I get a vest with lots of pockets and put stuff in them. Oh, like yeah. snacks? Yes. Yes. More snacks. Yes. Yes. Worms. Yes. And a bag of wine. That does it for us, folks. Remember, if you missed anything on the show, please search Pete McMurray Show wherever you find your favorite podcast. You guys have a great day. Enjoy your fishing, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Toodaloo.